Hello, and welcome to Graciously Grieving, Living Through the Pain, the podcast series where we talk about the grieving process, how to do it graciously. I'm your host, Ricky Cunningham, and we have our co-host, Morgan Horton, with us today as well. Good evening, everybody. In today's episode, we'll be talking about different types of grief. In past episodes, we have defined what grief is, and we have talked about the five stages of grief. Grief comes from an impact of losing something or someone in your life that the absence is so significant that it is hard for us to move forward. It is hard for us to function normally because that loss is just so traumatic. But today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the different types of grief. And yes, I know you're probably saying good grief. Yes, there are different types of grief. In my research, I found an article that describes six different types of grief. They are anticipatory, abbreviated, delayed, inhibited, cumulative, and collective grief. In this first part, we're going to talk about anticipatory, abbreviated, and delayed. Anticipatory means that the grieving process starts before the actual loss. This type of grief is experienced by people who are placed in hospice and their family members are trying to make their arrangements ahead of time or even grasp the concept that their loved one is not even going to be there for them anymore. Or people that's uh, been faced with a diagnosis uh, that's not good. And also what we also need to realize is that that grief can happen from things such as facing retirement or moving. Now I'm going to talk about that retirement thing next because let me tell you when a sister retired from the Navy, it was not good. I was I was grieving greatly, but we'll get more into that next week. But it's all about having to uh, make those adjustments. And in anticipatory, you you anticipate you anticipate the loss, but you don't know when the loss is going to come. And me and my daughter, we experienced that kind of firsthand. Not kinda. That was totally firsthand. We experienced that with um, my sister and my dad. Um, we had to make that decision to um, let him go. And that was a hard decision. They had to wait for me to come back from Atlanta. We talked about that a little last week. But that still, that waiting and just, it's just something that's undescribable and it's, it hurts and it hurts. And then when the actual moment comes, it still is no better because at first I was, um, and going back, I'm going around a little bit, but going back to with my sister, when they told me that, uh, she was being placed in hospice, that it just didn't click until that doctor called us in, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To, to really say, Hey, this is what, what is going to happen. And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I ran around that, that building. You would have thought I was trying out for the Olympics. I ran so fast. But it was no escaping 
the hard truth is that, um, you know, we had to get ready to let her go. Mm-hmm. Have you, um, how, what was it? What was your experience? How were how did you manage? That experience, even though, yes, we had a, we didn't have a date, we, but we had an end situation. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you anticipate and prepare and know that it's, it's still a shocking situation. Mm-hmm. You, you just, it's like a traumatic grief. I, I, learning about the different kind of griefs, I learned that a traumatic grief for me because it's going through pe- uh, post, uh, postpartum depression. So it was just the perfect storm of mm-hmm. a lot of grief, even yeah. though I wasn't caught off guard that it was still a very traumatic even though we were anticipating the end result mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and you, you always say you can prepare but you, you you're never ready Mm-mm. you're never ready to to let go because you you want more time and that's why i think it is important for us to make the most of the time make those good make memories do Hit that bucket list stuff that you want to do. Go zip line, and if you want to zip line, that is not going to happen. I'll just sit and watch and take pictures. No. But uh, do those things that you want to do. Take time off. Go on vacation. When you leave this world, you want to leave it with no regrets, mm-hmm. no words un- uh, unsaid, and no situation unresolved, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to leave with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, abbreviated grief. This is when we move through the process kind of quickly. Now, it can be because it was anticipated that you knew it was coming. Like I said, there's still that's, that impact still when it does happen. It still hurts and uh, you still grieve. So the adjustments to this uh, abbreviated grief can be because you did have time to build up great coping skills. Or you have a great support system in place, or you take time for that self-care, or you know how to face your emotions instead of pressing them or just just hiding them all together. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have that Florida moment. Um, no. You just let it go. And more importantly, we can rely on God to see us through. That could be part of the, the, the problem, uh, excuse me the reason why there isn't such an issue. Mm-hmm. Now that delayed grief, that's that Florida. Florida as, yeah, yeah, that was the that's situation that, that came to my thing. mind. Uh-huh. That's when you just going about your business and then all of a sudden, like I said, I don't know, she looked over to that kitchen table and saw that James wasn't there and just lost it. Yes. Um, But that, that can be it. You can just be going and talking. I was also, I uh, used to watch All in the Family in uh edith bunker she had died and archie he had found her pink slipper and that was kind of his moment because you know anybody that watch art uh all in the family know archie was kind of hardcore mm-hmm. so he had his moment um at at that point there when he saw that pink slipper and that might be you you might be going through the drawer and you might find something and then that that delay it is over yes we are in we on time now Yes. And it and it'll come when it's supposed to come. Just you have to trust trust your feelings and trust in the Lord and He will see you through. So the things I will be speaking on is cumulative grief and collective grief. Cumulative is when you're working through multiple losses at once. 
For example, you're dealing with a loss of a loved one. You may be grieving the end of a marriage or a job. Grieving multiple losses simultaneously make the process difficult and complex in an unexpected way. Collective grief is most of us think of a personal, but collective is group grief, such as war, natural disasters, school shootings, and pandemics. And we understand that. We've done seen multiple school shootings going on. We're to the point, I'm scared to send my child to school. Yes. My children, excuse me. Yes. The pandemic, I'm still traumatized from the year 2020. There was a, or the loss of COVID. That was the start of year 2020. Mm -hmm. Everybody dealt with that group. That's yeah. a collective grief. Mm -hmm. Cumulative is a family member back to back. Then you lose your job. Then you lose your car. It's just multiple loss at one time that you don't get to grieve the process correctly and it's just mm -hmm. hitting you all back to back creating a perfect storm of grief mm -hmm. and like they say uh they say grief takes about two months to two years but there's no time limit on grief mm -hmm. especially when you have a cumulative back to back you, there's no way you could just process that in one sitting mm -hmm. it takes time you got to take uh self-care mm -hmm. reaching out to others talking to others I know that that cumulative grief, it was just at one point we had lost like a person every two weeks we had lost mm -hmm. a person. It got to the point that I told, uh, I told uh, Dean, I said, don't do no more letters of resolution for me and don't put me on the bereavement list anymore because I couldn't handle it. It was just too much. And at that point, I, I didn't want to be touched. I didn't want to be anything. And then we had, uh, it was a couple of years later, we had another set of losses. They were like back to back to back. Yes. And um, that's the year that we lost Aunt Lucille. And I was at, we were at her funeral and I saw uh, Sister Ethel. And I got to the point where I wanted to be touched. I just wanted somebody to, to make me feel like I was not going to fall completely apart. Mm -hmm. So I ran up to her and I just hugged her. I probably squeezed her so hard, but it was just at that moment, I just wanted that. She was like that one person that made me feel that everything was going to be all right. I don't even know why, but at that point, that's what I needed. Whereas the, I was the opposite mm -hmm. um, the couple of years before. Like uh, uh, Sister Sheridan had touched me, and I apologized to her, I, and I apologize again now because she had touched me, and I jumped because, like I said, at that point, I thought I was going to fall apart. So when we have people and friends that are grieving, we kind of got to sit back and take the cues from them mm -hmm. and understand what they need and give them what they need because they might need space, and then they might need somebody to just hug them and let them know that, that they're going to be all right. So we have to kind of take our cues from them and, and not go overboard or, mm -hmm. and don't fall back completely. No. Yeah. So sometimes they, just sitting in their room and letting them have mm -hmm. that moment. They don't, they don't, you might not even need to say something, just your presence there, letting them know they're not alone in that moment of grief mm -hmm. is an awesome, yeah. appreciative uh, gift to them. Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes you just don't need to hear anything. You just want to know you're alone in yes. that room. Yes, because if you ask me, if you would ask me if I was fine, then I would be like, no, I'm not fine. No. So don't ask me if I'm fine Are or if I'm okay? doing okay. Or I'm okay. No. no, you know I'm not. Mm -mm. And it's not going to be okay for a good little while. Mm -hmm. So just take your cues from people and know that um, 
there are different types of grief and there's different ways that you want to process that grief. So be kind to yourself is my, my uh, advice and to rely on God. I'm saying that too, because there's no other way you can't, anything is, everything is impossible without God. We need him and he will give us the comfort and the peace that we need if we trust him. Always. Well, this week I went to uh, a funeral of someone of my, my Facebook friends and it was her sister who had passed away, but I thought it was important to, you know, just show up for support. And it was a lovely service and a truly a tribute to who she was because for a funeral in the middle of the day of a work week day, that funeral was filled with people who loved this young lady who had uh, passed away. Beautiful spirit. She was a teacher. And um, also, in lieu of flowers, she did something really special. She asked for, instead of uh, giving flowers, she asked that you would donate to a teacher that you know, give a gift card to help a teacher or something to help a teacher that's uh, a teacher that's teaching or pack a backpack full of school supplies for a student and donate it to a school. Again, like I say, that shows what a wonderful and beautiful person she was. And so I'm glad that I went to show my support to her mm -hmm. family in a time of bereavement. But I like the, the poem that the lady uh, that did her eulogy, uh, Read, oh, excuse me, obituary read, and it's called The Dash. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the top, excuse me, on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke the following date with tears. But he said what matters most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that they spent alive on earth. And now all those who love them know what the little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you like to change? For you, excuse me. For you, never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real, and always try to understand the way other people feel, and be less quick to anger, and show appreciation more, and love the people in our lives like we never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? Linda Ellis. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that, like I said, the people at her funeral 
showed me that she spent her dash making the most of every moment that she had with them. We have to be present with our people, not just there, but be present, be actively and engaging and involved with the people that we say we love. We have to show them that every day. Take time to make sure that you fill that dash with love and compassion for mm -hmm. people. And with that, let us pray. Dear Lord, we come to you asking that you wrap your arms around the Smith and Eshler family and friends, Lord God. Give them strength to endure the upcoming days when they feel all alone. Blanket them with your love as you comfort their grieving heart. Let your peace fall fresh on them as they seek you as their refuge. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Poor gracious gems, that is our time this episode. I want to thank my co-host Morgan for joining us today. It was a pleasure. And all of y'all for listening. Be sure to tune in next week when we will be discussing managing grief that comes from retirement. I don't know if you're going to want to laugh or cry, but I'm going to share my experience next week. I would love to hear from you. Send a text to 430-808. 1225 or email to graciouslygrievinglttp at gmail.com about your thoughts and comments or visit my Facebook page at Graciously Grieving Living Through the Pain. Thank you again for listening. I'm Ricky Cunningham. <laughs>